Welcome to Stony Brook Church. We are so glad that you are here in worship with us today. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey, and I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas. So welcome to all of you. As we begin our time together, you'll find a connection card in your bulletin or online at stonybrook.church. Your connection card is a place where you can register your attendance, share any prayer concerns, joys, or concerns that you may have with the church, uh, as well as register for upcoming events and studies. Uh, you can drop this in the offering basket on the way out, and we would be glad to hear from you. As we begin our time together, I do have some upcoming ministry events to share with you. Uh, just a reminder that we are now one week away from our evening at Stony Brook. That will be a week from today, from 4 to 7. It will be an outside fellowship event for the church where we are going to be enjoying a catered barbecued dinner, uh, some games for the whole family, and some live music by our very own Stony Brook musicians. So you won't want to miss out on the fun and being together in a COVID-safe way uh, with your community. Just please make sure you RSVP so that we have an accurate count and are well prepared for you. Our fall preaching series is going to be centered around the Gospel of Mark. Each week we will be following the lectionary text for the week uh, and, and uh, hearing a sermon on that. And to supplement this, we are doing a fall Bible study on the Gospel of Mark. There will be three different classes offered that Pastor Bob and I will be leading. A Tuesday evening 7 p.m. class, a Thursday morning 10 a.m. class and a Thursday evening 7 p.m. class. When you look at the back of your connection card, if you're interested in the Thursday evening offering, uh, just note that it says Thursdays online with Pastor Bob. That's at 7 p.m. So we hope that you will be able to join us as we journey through the Gospel of Mark together. Now, you won't want to miss out on Wednesday, September 15th at 11.30 in the morning. Pastor David is going to be the very first speaker as we kick off this season's Primetimer Lunch and Learn events. We're going to uh, learn a little bit about how life events have helped shape his ministry and the ways that he leads. So we will be enjoying a light lunch together and then following all of the current COVID safety protocols so that we can all enjoy our time together and be kept safe. You will find all of these opportunities and so much more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church. At this time, I invite you to settle your hearts, settle your minds as our prelude prepares us for worship.
thank you. I'd invite you to rise either in body or in spirit as we are called to worship together. Lord, open our hearts this morning to hear your words of compassion. Lord, help us to truly listen to you. Lord, open our spirits this morning to strengthen our faith. Lord, help us to work for you. Lord, make us ready to serve. Lord, make us ready to witness your healing love. Amen. Let us continue worshiping through song. seated. Will you join me in a spirit of prayer? Are you there, God? At times we can't tell. Sometimes it's hard to see you. Sometimes it's hard to hear you. If our only source of information is the news, then it doesn't seem so. Fires and hurricanes Violence and terror, communities and families of people all around the world living disrupted, difficult, disheartening lives. You're right there, right? We know it. You're holding, loving, comforting, working for healing in the midst of deep pain. Are you there, God? At times we can't tell. Sometimes it's hard to see you. Sometimes it's hard to hear you. As the pandemic continues, we seem to be getting angrier, less compassion and closing off to the plight of others. Students and educators, frontline workers and mental health professionals, businesses and churches bearing the brunt of our discomfort and our anxiety. Help us, O oh God, because we can be a mess and we surely can't help ourselves. Are you there, God? That sometimes we can't tell. Sometimes it's hard to see you and sometimes it's hard to hear you. But I guess we have a part in this, busying ourselves in such a way that we don't make space for you, ignoring the nudges we feel from you, talking so much that we drown out your voice. Slow us down, close our mouths, 
open our hearts because we know you are there. In this, we trust. We want to be able to focus only on you, to hear only your voice, to bask only in your safety and love. And yet, as much as we say we want this, we know that it will take work. It means quieting ourselves so we can hear your voice through others, through nature, through our own hearts. It means trusting that your goodness is always at work even when we can't see it. It means that when we hear you, we will be changed, transformed, made new. This is the hope that you offer to us. Open us up, draw us close, change us so we may be the disciples you desire. We pray all of this in the name of the one who we zealously proclaim as Christ Jesus. Amen. Continue. 
comes to us from the seventh chapter, verses 24 through 37. I invite us to hear these words. From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Seraphonician origin. She begged Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first. For it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then Jesus said to her, For saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home and found the child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers in his ears and spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, said to him, Apatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Friends, this is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. I invite us now to respond to the word by singing together the second stanza, Open my ears that I may hear. Let us sing together. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen.
Once upon a time, a woman called the local United Methodist pastor and asked him if he would officiate at a memorial service for his dog. Well, the pastor was put off a little bit by the request, and with a somewhat disgusted tone in his voice, he suggested that there was no way that he could do such a thing, and she might try one of the other churches in town. She agreed to do that, but not before she asked the pastor for some advice. Do you think $1,000 is an appropriate honorarium for a memorial service of this kind, she asked? And shall I make the check out to the minister or to the church? Well, the pastor quickly cleared his throat and said, wait a minute, why didn't you tell me that your dog was a United Methodist? <laughs> Friends, needless to say, this would not have been a question in Jesus' time. Dogs were not household pets or members of the family in first century Israel. Even the ritual purity of dogs was suspect. And for the most part, they were roaming scavengers who were expected to fend for themselves. And it's into this cultural and social situation that Mark tells today's story of Jesus being confronted by the Gentile woman. She asks him to heal her daughter. And Jesus responds, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Now, admittedly, this is not what we would expect. It's an abrupt and very harsh response from Jesus. It leaves us with a bit of uncertainty as to what to do with Jesus's comments. You see, most commentators believe that Jesus was drawing a comparison between the scandalous actions of a prophet of Israel ministering to those outside of the boundaries of Israel and comparing that with a loving mother who would not even think of taking food from her children's table from their very mouths to feed one of the stray dogs that roam the streets. You see, the children mentioned in the text would be understood as the children of Israel, and the dogs begging under the table are the Gentiles. Maybe part of what the writer of the Gospel of Mark was trying to tell us by inclu his inclusion of this story is that early on in his ministry, Jesus or those around him may have seen the scope of his mission as only serving and ministering to those chosen children of Israel. I do not believe that Jesus intended to hurl insults at the Gentile woman or to somehow put her down. It was just what was expected in that day and time and just the way things had always been done. But it doesn't make it right. I think most of us would readily admit that, that Jesus' remarks to this woman in today's gospel are not what we have come to expect from Jesus. The comparison 
that he uses does not reflect the inclusiveness that many of us have come to believe is part and parcel of Jesus' radical stance of grace. Usually Jesus blurs the lines of distinction. And the gospel lesson today begs the question, was it always this way with Jesus? Yeah, every time this gospel lesson comes around in the lectionary, it it always surprises me because it doesn't sound like gospel or good news to everyone. This Jesus who, for most of the time, we find welcoming sinners and tax collectors and, and touching lepers and hanging out and healing those with whom we would probably deem as unacceptable and undesirable, we now find him making an outright, exclusive, somewhat ungraceful remark. Here he draws a clear line of distinction between two groups of people. He is saying who is in and who is out. Friends, we sometimes forget that Jesus was a first century Hebrew man born into a world where the socio-religious structure demanded exclusions and discriminating boundaries. And one of the gifts that this gospel lesson can give to us this morning is a glimpse into the making of a Messiah. We get to freeze a a few frames of the film and witness Jesus in in the process of growing and expanding his understanding of ministry according to the vision of God. Mark is allowing Jesus to be fully human, very human, capable of learning and growing and expanding his vision to match God's vision. Mark allows us to see a Jesus who could be convinced by a woman outside of the confines of his social and cultural world to reconsider and to expand the focus of his God's ministry. We find Jesus to be where we are so often, where all of us find ourselves from time to time, namely on the the brink of a decision and, and where most of the time we would let our own personal preferences and prejudice shut down our ability to listen. Jesus takes the time here to listen to other possibilities. He just doesn't tolerate the other point of view. He sticks around and allows this woman to engage him. And we might not like Jesus' comparison in this gospel lesson, but we have to give him credit for the fact that he stayed and he listened. Last week, we talked all about Jethro's ability to listen and to ask Moses questions, and, and from the book of James, how important it is for us to be quick to listen and slow to speak and, and slow to anger. The disciples wanted nothing, nothing more than to be rid of this female nuisance who lived on the wrong side of the tracks in the region of Tyre. You see, Jesus had had suffered some setbacks among the scribes and the Pharisees. Just before today's text, he was criticized and, and ridiculed for his table manners. And one could imagine that Jesus was tired and emotionally on the edge, but he listened to this strong and brave woman who just kept coming back in his face with her own understanding and experience. 
hear her words again. Sir, sir, even the dogs, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Even the dogs that roam the streets can find some discarded something to keep themselves alive. This story takes us a bit behind the scenes. It allows us to see how Jesus came to realize that God's vision for the kingdom was even bigger than Jesus himself had previously thought. At some point, Jesus began to realize that, that inclusion into the kingdom meant inclusion into the kingdom for all and inclusion of some, but not others, was a contradiction of God's love. How is it possible for God to exclude something, someone that God has created in the first place? That's a question I have to ask myself constantly. You see, this woman's only intention was to find healing and wholeness for her daughter. But she ended up showing Jesus and, and showing us something much greater. In this gospel lesson, Jesus was the healer bringing hope and bringing wholeness. But the woman, she was the teacher. Now, this gospel lesson should be Good news for us. As far as I can tell, there aren't many of us present here today who would not be considered a Gentile. In the story, we forget that we too would be the outsiders in this story. The dogs. The woman in our gospel lesson could have closed her fist and just walked away. And the miracle is that she did not. She refused to accept the disciples' rejection. She refused to accept Jesus' initial view of her own status. She knew that she and her daughter both had value before God. So for those of us who've been insulted or assaulted or otherwise hurt by, by the world or even by the church in, in whatever way, for those of us who find ourselves saying, I am not worthy or I am not important or I don't matter, I firmly believe that we should let this gospel lesson speak to us. Because this woman pushed her way past the disciples, and because she dared to stare Jesus down, he discovered, and therefore we discover, that it doesn't matter if you're from Tyre or Gehenna or wherever, wherever. We all matter to God. And that the only obstacle between God and us is not our imperfections, but rather our belief that we are worthy of being loved. So we too are challenged to push our way past those who would keep us distanced from God, never letting go, never letting go of our desire to be made whole. 
and for those of us who already know and feel that we are loved. The author of the book of James has something to say to us. James urges us not to show partiality to people because of artificial reasons, as Christ also shows no partiality with us. The author wraps it up with some of his most famous words. What good is it? What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what good is it? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. And we should not misunderstand James is not saying we have to earn God's grace or or love or, or do enough good things that we get into heaven. But faith, genuine faith, naturally works for the well-being of others. Real faith naturally tries to include and not exclude. It tries to bring others closer to God and not push others away. We are called to act with a living faith. Faith that makes changes. Faith that speaks out against injustice. Faith that cares for the oppressed and those different from us. Faith that transforms lives the lives of our neighbors, and eventually our own lives as well. Friends, may it be so. Amen. One of the ways that the faith of this church is lived out is through our benevolence offering as is the custom on the first sunday of the month when we celebrate holy communion we also take a special offering for our benevolence fund our benevolence fund allows you all to help people stay in their homes keep their lights on and keep the heat on as well So as you come forward to receive communion here shortly, know that the baskets are open for your extra offering today. And as always, you can give online at stonybrook.church or um, through the baskets in the back. Will the ushers come forward as we bless our offering today?
beautiful, generous God, we thank you for these gifts which you have first bestowed upon us. We joyfully return them to you and ask, the, ask you to bless them and multiply them so that all in our community may know of your great love in, your, in their lives. We pray this in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. As we move to the table of grace, we are reminded that Jesus Christ is the host. And because Christ is the host, all are welcome to receive this gift. You do not need to be a member of this church or any church to receive this gift of grace today. When the time comes, you will be dismissed and invited to come forward. You will be offered some hand sanitizer, and then as you approach the front, you will be handed a piece of bread and invited to take a cup. If you are in need of gluten-free elements, know that those are available, and if you would like one of the prepackaged elements, please let us know that as well, and we will be happy to supply those with you. Will you join me as we enter into a time of confession? Christ our Lord invites to this table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear this good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so, with your people on earth and all of the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with the sinners. By the baptism of his death, suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it, remember me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on each of us gathered here and upon the families that we represent, and pour out your Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all your world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at that heavenly banquet together. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread in which we share and break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. As United Methodists, we celebrate an open table, meaning you're invited to share in this holy sacrament, whether or not you're a member of this or of any congregation. I invite those who are assisting us to come forward, and the ushers will lead us to God's table. There are gluten-free elements available if you would like them, and also prepackaged communion if you would like that as well.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you've given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the living of our days in the strength of your spirit. We ask all of this through your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and prays with us. Amen. I invite you to be able to stand and sing. And now the love and grace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, which goes beyond our imagination, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be among us this day and remain with us forever. Amen.